Hello, hello, Leah Pika here. Today's guest is helping practitioners like you stay afloat in 2020's tenuous analytics job market. Stay tuned to find out who's holding down the fort on the Present Beyond Measure Show, episode 59. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure Show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. Hey guys, welcome to the 59th episode of the Present Beyond Measure show, the only podcast at the intersection of presentation, data visualization, analytics, and storytelling. This is the place to be if you're ready to make maximum impact and create credibility through thoughtfully presented insights. So it's been some time since we last chatted. (laughs) This year has thrown its share of curveballs, no doubt, and I made an executive decision to take a summer hiatus in order to build something really special for you. And I'll share more about that in just a moment. Cliffhangers are a key data storytelling technique, and I love to use them. (laughs) So this is actually the final episode of a three-show detour I took in the beginning of the summer to address the greater national and international challenges that we're facing in the year 2020. First was my dear friend, Dominic Quartuccio, helping with mindsets and practices to overcome adversity. And the last one was a dive into understanding hidden racism and microaggressions in the analytics field and beyond with Mary Owusu and Pierre Du Bois. Well, I hope everyone is hanging in there and adjusting to elements that might become part of our new normal for a bit. Definitely wishing all parents... (laughs) Godspeed in the face of becoming homeschoolers. And I realize this is a tremendously uncertain and challenging job climate for digital and data practitioners alike. So I created an article on LinkedIn that aggregates search results from Glassdoor of all of the roles in digital data and marketing that I could think of. So you'll find that link on the show notes page for this episode at leahpeka.com slash 059. Meanwhile, I've been having a blast on the virtual speaking circuit, so here's where you will catch me next. This month, I spoke at the new Search Discovery Education Committee. The SDEC is a free membership program with virtual trainings from all kinds of amazing industry experts. And while my live session is over, you can get lifetime access to all session recordings if you join as a member. So you can check out my three pillars of data presentation enlightenment session at leahpeka.com slash SDEC. There's a good chance you'll be home for a while, so why not dial in to level up your data storytelling game while the kids are throwing spaghetti in your hair while running naked behind your Zoom calls, because that is what's happening. Now, my next announcement is a special project that was eight weeks in the making, swallowing up entire work days, and this is why I put the show on hiatus to bring you a new tool that would help you make leaps forward in your data presentation game. It is a brand new online assessment, it's totally free, that will help you identify the number one silent killer of your data presentation success. 
After delivering and observing hundreds of corporate data presentations and at industry conferences over the last two decades, I have found that most practitioners fall prey to one of four sneaky, silent little blind spots in their process for delivering insights during business meetings. My 30-second quiz will identify your biggest blind spot and give you a free report with strategies for overcoming it. I'm so excited to announce this to you, and I invite you to check that out at leahpeka.com slash killer quiz. So as usual, I am very excited for today's guest who is working tirelessly to help challenged and furloughed practitioners seeking to overcome 2020's mm, particular hardships. Let's get to it, shall we? Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited, as usual, to introduce my wonderful guest. She is the Executive Director of the Digital Analytics Association, a nonprofit professional association with over 5,000 members. The Digital Association uh, Analytics Association, also known as the DAA, is mission is to advance the use of data to understand and improve the digital world through professional development and community. And I am privileged to be a certified trainer through this network. Uh, my guest is doing incredible work to push the women in analytics movement forward and some really incredible work considering the global situation that we're in right now and, and helping our community make it through a very challenging job climate. So please help me welcome the latest guest in my superstar women in analytics spotlight, Marilee Yorchak. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me today. It's my pleasure. And, and this is uh, the first of a couple episodes I'll be doing that are, is going to veer from the normal topics of data presentation and storytelling and really focus on the situation that is happening at hand right now, which is the global, global COVID lockdown and how that is affecting the professional community. Um, so it's no secret that <laughs> we are in a situation unlike anything I think our generation has experienced. Um, but before we dive in, <laughs> I was trying to remember how exactly we met. I know it was early in my career as a data storytelling instructor. I know we hit it off right away and we've had a blast collaborating on webinars and conferences and events, but please refresh my memory. <laughs> from so I, I have to tell everybody that <laughs> I felt like I met Leah before I actually met her in person. And her your reputation preceded you. Everyone Aww. said, oh, when you want, when I first came into DAA, I said to folks, you know, who should I get to know besides Jim Stern? And <laughs> her name was always in that list of people mm. that I should get to know. So we actually talked on email, talked on the phone, but the first time we met in person was at a Philadelphia symposium for DAA. That's right. Yes. But since then, we've had Leah speak at some of our partner events. Um, she facilitated a breakout session last week in our virtual symposium. And as she mentioned, she's one of our top trainers with DAA. So we've sent her all over the place to do <laughs> on-site workshops, and we're proud to have Leah on our training team. Well, that, that means a lot to me. And, you know, what really meant a lot to me was that I was a member of the DAA well before I decided to break out and try to 
make any sort of name for myself. And I was really amazed and so grateful for the support that the DAA got behind me so quickly right away. And I, I know that Jim Stern was, you know, instrumental in that process, but it felt pretty incredible to actually pay something forward to a community that I was so passionate about and to watch it grow and evolve now. And even, you know, every chance I get to participate, such as the panel from last week, which was so fun. That was such fun. And it was a fantastic way, I think, to see even many more people join as a result of not having a barrier of travel and schedules, you know, so Mm -hmm. that may be one unexpected benefit is getting so much better access to events like this, simply because of the situation. You bet. We're finding that, that we're turning lemonade or lemons, we're turning lemons into lemonade. That's what I want to say. Uh, (laughs) There's uh, 20% of our 5,000 member membership does not live in a geographic area that has a chapter. So by having events like this, this virtual symposium that we had, this enables them to participate at a different way than they ever previously could. Wow. I didn't realize that because um, in the DAA, we have these uh, like metropolitan chapters like New York, Boston, Atlanta that allows people to gather. But that's really interesting to know that there are so many that don't have some central place to congregate <laughs> physically. And you know, when, when you think about what digital analysts do, many of them can do it remote. And as Lee and I were talking before we started today that one of the best things about DAA is that many times you might be the only one in your company doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So when people find the DAA, invariably they come up to me and say, wow, I never knew that there was people that did what I did. So I always right. liken it to finding your tribe. And particularly now with COVID, it's important that you have a tribe that you can rely on, that you can communicate with, you can commiserate with. It's absolutely true. I've been a solo road warrior for a few years now. So the environment of of my workplace hasn't changed drastically other than actually not traveling every two weeks. However, what I can imagine must be such a struggle is part of the element of going into work every day is that camaraderie and companionship that you have from coworkers and being able to interact and share and being isolated with our families uh, 24-7 on top of childcare and suddenly you're a homeschooling teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that can put immense pressure. And I think there's a lot of pressure cookers happening. So I'm curious, as a leader in the DAA, what changes and shifts are you observing in the membership population right now? Like, How are they making things work? What do they have to adapt to? What are their biggest challenges? Well, we actually have had a series called Overcoming Together. So they've been open to our members and non-members. And we had one specifically for issues that women as digital analysts are facing in quarantine. Mm. And child care is a big one. And I think people are becoming more and more understanding that sometimes you have to say, I'm sorry, I have an issue here. I need to take care of it. Mm. And the the one thing I think it has done for everyone is it's humanized us. People, when you see where they work and they live and where their kids are and their dogs, it puts your relationships at a whole different level with right. people. 
Yeah, this is very true. And I think that what I'm seeing, because something I released uh, about a month ago was a training on how to stay sane while presenting from home, because we have to stay visible. We have to continue to deliver our insights, but we're no longer having the luxury of a state-of-the-art conference room that has a lock on the door where we're fishing spaghetti out of our hair and (laughs) dealing with cats jumping on us. And I think that what I've seen is a general relaxing around the fact that we're all human beings. We're being seen in our native environment and we have real lives. So I wonder, what do you think about the humanization that's happening when we're not in these corporate castles? You know, I, I think it's awesome. Um, I go back to that expression that so many people use, and hopefully it's becoming more commonplace, and that's be kind. You, you never know what someone's going through. But through this whole thing, mm. this is an even greater reason to be kind. Yeah. Kind and patient, I think. You bet. You bet. I mean, it's it's been hilarious to watch the tweets about the hashtag Zoom, Zoom fails around the, the <laughs> catastrophes that are happening on Zoom and, and all of the ways people have found to circumvent any sort of um, organization on these platforms. You but, haven't been Zoomed bomb yourself yet, have you? <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> Really? Well, the the closest one, I mean, I've had people like walk behind me. So this is why I developed my my home office fortress blueprint is this step-by-step checklist that I take to try to mitigate as many surprises as possible. Locks on the door, things behind me, no ATVs being ridden outside. Everyone has been fed, watered, bathroomed. (laughs) No one needs anything from me. Uh, the cat is, <laughs> the cat has been placed outside so he doesn't jump on my lap with his claws. That was the closest to a, a, a meeting bomb that I've had. <laughs> but you haven't had anyone come into your meeting from the outside. One of our members oh. did tell me recently that they were on a Zoom meeting with a client and they got Zoom bombed from, <laughs> so the lesson there was, Never put your Zoom link out there That's right. in anywhere public on a website or anywhere else. Make sure you send that just be via email or in the specific calendar invite. So we're learning. <laughs> All of us are learning. Oh my gosh. I, I can't imagine what's happening at Zoom right now with trying to figure out features for security and functionality and keeping people engaged and sane. <laughs> Well, um, today we had a board meeting and we're, we're trying to make things light. And our president said, let's have a Zoom background contest. Nice. So everyone came with their <laughs> best Zoom background. And we had some folks that would change them during the meeting. But best of all, there was a couple things I didn't know that you could do with Zoom backgrounds. And one is that someone was able to place themselves in someone else's Zoom background. Oh. So things up and humanize it even more. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is great. Yeah, I was pondering Zoom backgrounds and then I realized it's amazing to see how content responds to the times where there are many, many articles out there aggregating photos that are ideal for Zoom backgrounds. But some of these look like you're on some like Tahitian villa and I'm like, you probably want some sort of degree of reality in there. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and something that says something about you as a person. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, one one person's background I saw on a panel was a Star Wars battle scene. So, oh my, right? It it spoke volumes, and I agree. <laughs> I think you should maybe have your cat as your background. <laughs> I know. Yes, exactly. So, so I want to make sure we talk about you know the struggles right now because you were actually a person where on LinkedIn I was seeing a lot of the research that you were putting out on exactly what is happening. Cause it's kind of hard to see when you're in your home all day, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a little dicey. So I'd love to hear what are some of the measures the DAA is taking to help practitioners in terms of the job climate right now? You bet. So there's actually quite a few things. If you go to our website, which is just digitalanalyticsassociation.org, there's a big red button in the top right corner that says COVID-19 resources. And this has been a collaborative effort. So it's like crowdsourcing. We've asked our folks, all of our members, if you hear of a great resource, please put it in this COVID resources section. So we've got it divided up into um, job development, um, entertainment, personal mm. things are six categories. So as an example, um, Adobe has made two of their training courses available for free. Oh. So all the links and information are put in there. Um, there's some links to webinars that are helpful. The last time I looked, which was about a week ago, there was over 80 resources that were put into this um, portal for everyone to see whether they're a member or not. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, One thing that we're doing for our members who have been furloughed or laid off is if their membership has come and it is due and membership's inexpensive, it's $249 for an individual. But if it's come due and they've been laid off, we will give them a a 90-day extension. And, you know, Mm. if they need it after that, they just have to tell us. Our our goal is to work with everybody. In addition, we're opening up June 1st. 10 spots for members who want to take the CWA certified web analyst exam, Hmm. but do not have the funds because they've been laid off or furloughed. So this is a great opportunity for them to use that time to improve their own skill set and their own personal brand by taking that exam. If someone works for a corporate member company with DAA and they've gotten laid off, we will extend their membership complimentary for 90 days until they can get placed as well. Um, We're trying to remind folks of the career center that DAA has, which when you go on the website, there's a button that says jobs. You click on it. But anyone can use that resource, whether they're a member or not. So all the jobs that are listed there, we um, have a free resume review Mm -hmm. that anyone can partake of. Yeah. So those are some great resources that I think are relatively new that folks could use. Something that's maybe not so new, but I see more people doing it now, is the mentoring program. Mm -hmm. And this was something that came out of the Women in Analytics group. It was a suggestion by this group. So Mm -hmm. we have a great staff member who runs that program, Catherine, and she helped us get started with a small group of 15 and I'd like to take that analogy of crawl, walk, run. We're now in the run phase, and I'm really excited about that. And anyone can participate, male or female. We we want men to support gender equality as well. But we have probably almost 100 relationships going right now 
So that's a really nice free benefit of membership. Um, The other thing that's happening right now, which we had planned on doing before COVID, but I think it's become even more important, is we're doing a refresh on the compensation study. Oh, I saw that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started that. We first did one in 2016. That's when I came in and I said, wow, we haven't done anything on this in a long time. And people expect associations to be the resource for what uh, gender and equity parity should be. So the that mm. also started with the Women in Analytics initiative, mm-hmm. but that was 2017 when we released it, so it's time to do it again. So yeah. we're encouraging everyone, member or non-member to partake in it. Our goal is a thousand respondents. So we can definitely use everyone. Okay. And if you respond, whether you're a member or not, you will get the report for free. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That that's really generous how many uh, resources you're making publicly available right now. I'm I'm am- amazed by the generosity happening just across the web for just helping people get back on their feet. And you're definitely giving me some ideas about some resources to share. Um, in that, right. can anyone share a resource in that section? Yes, yes, it's public. The that landing page is public, so anything that's in there, feel free to share. Oh wow! That's it so also lists on there who contributed that resource. So if you get into it and you have some questions about it for some reason, you know who to contact. All right. So I think you had just talked about uh, how anyone can edit that, uh, can... They can contribute resources, Mm -hmm. right, to that page. And you can see when you go on there who put that resource in there. So if you have questions, you can reach out to that person. I would also say if there's, if anybody has any general questions to always send them to membership at digitalanalyticsassociation.org because they can send it to me, but um, there's only 24 hours in a day and I um, can't answer everything, (laughs) but our our membership team monitors that email really closely. So that's a good place to look for people too. Well, every single link and address that is mentioned on this show is going to be on the show notes page for this episode. So everyone will be able to find it very, very easily. Great. So one of the other things that I'm noticing a huge trend in, especially as a professional speaker, is the emergence, or I should say the migration of events going digital as well. So I'd love to hear about the digital events that you guys have going on for the digital community. You bet. So there is a ton going on. So we just finished our virtual symposium, which we I mentioned how many of our members do not live in a geographic area. So this year we decided we'd set up a virtual chapter for those folks because they one of the best things about going to a chapter event is the networking and getting to meet people. So those folks that were not in a geographical area with a chapter, we're at somewhat of a disadvantage. So the original plan was to set up the virtual chapter and then do a virtual symposium. Well, with COVID, as we know, everything got turned around. So instead, we did the virtual symposium, and then we'll set up the virtual chapter later this year. But all of that is available for folks to listen to those pre-recorded sessions. Mm 
Each of our chapters usually does one event quarter. That's what we ask them to do, and we help subsidize those events. So many of them are turning to digital events, and because they're digital, that means everyone can come. So on our homepage is a calendar of events, and anything that has DAA in front of it means it's a DAA event. If it doesn't have DAA in front of it, it means it's one of our corporate members who are Uh, hosting an event that they'd like to invite folks to. But almost all of them are free. Oh. Um, The one change that we have had this year is we were planning on going back to Chicago for our one conference in October. Mm -hmm. And we made the decision last week that even if people could travel, most people don't want to (laughs) travel. Yeah. Yeah. And so at some point, you just have to put a stake in the ground and say, we're going this direction. So long story short, it will be virtual, as will the quanties, which are normally right with the one conference. So we're evaluating platforms for that now. But the way I'm looking at it, again, turning lemons into lemonade is we're (laughs) going to be able to have so many more people who are going to be able to participate. It won't be expensive. We have to charge a little bit to cover our costs as a nonprofit, but it won't be anywhere near what it would cost if you were in person. Of course. And then you're not dealing with airport lines and expense reports and (laughs) uncomfortable hotels. Um, Of course, the challenge becomes when people are always home and they're in their familiar environment, how do you, what are you guys planning to do to help people be more captive audience in attending an event that's in their home office or even bedroom? Mm -hmm. I think we've learned a couple things, like when we just did this virtual symposium. And one of them is don't make it a long a long ordeal. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a reason that TED Talks are 18 minutes, right? Right. Um, that's an attention span. So we did a combination of things. We did some pre-recorded sessions with um, nice. thought leaders mm-hmm. that people could listen to anytime. The live keynote was 25 minutes with Tim Wilson. Mm-hmm. Then we did some breakout rooms. Uh, Leah facilitated one. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were only 25 minutes. And it's just, if you were in person with your audience, you would probably have them get up, move around, do all those things. Mm -hmm. So we'll be building those kind of things into the one conference itself. And so my guess is that rather than it being a day and a half, like it was last time, it might be DAA one conference week. And maybe Mm. it's, you know, two hours a day or three hours. Oh, I see. Interesting. So adjusting the format so that they don't have to set aside an entire day where they might lose right. steam, but right. check in. And over a longer period of time, that might actually give a much fuller sense of the experience where I know I attended Doma Palooza and it was epic. It was a full week long. <laughs> you felt legitimately wow. changed after something that stretched over a longer time period. I like that. Yeah. And what about um, the networking aspect? Because I think probably one of the biggest aspects that people are missing from a conference experience is that person-to-person networking. Yep, yep. So we're still looking at all the different platforms. It's it's kind of ironic how they proliferated. I, I say it's like rabbits. Ever <laughs> since this happened, there is so many options and mm-hmm. they're at all price ranges. There are some really, really cool platforms out there. They also cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And CAA being a nonprofit has to think about that. But I'm confident that 
there's enough choices out there that we're going to find one that will meet our needs and meet our budget too. Mm-hmm. But we'll definitely incorporate that. We did that, I think, with the virtual symposium as best as we could with Zoom. Mm. But we'll be looking at something a little nicer than that. Yeah, um, I see. But it's definitely an important part. I mean, when you talked about our mission statement today, mm-hmm. a professional development and community, that community part is exactly what we're talking about, why people want to talk with people in their tribe. So we yeah. we will have a way to do that. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be yet, but I promise you it'll be there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'm yeah. excited to participate in any way I can, as always. Um, and it is really fascinating to see how to translate the benefits that you get from an in-person gathering and make that works because our need for connection hasn't changed at all. Right. If anything, it's stronger right. than ever. So these kinds of events are really vital right now, especially in the case where you pointed out, I was a solo analyst practitioner on a team in several job roles. And you just feel like you need to interact with people who speak your language. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or on the other side of the coin, maybe you do work for an enterprise company that does have a strong analytics team, but sometimes you need to get out of that comfort zone yeah. and meet other people because you forget what else is going on out there besides just in your own little circle. Right. You need to know how other people are doing things mm-hmm. in order to learn for sure. So an- another question I have around development is, especially if practitioners have been let go in this time period, what can they do in this time right now to give themselves the absolute best chance at getting back on their feet? Well, hopefully they are talking to some experts if they don't feel like they're an expert themselves on beefing up their LinkedIn profile. Ah. Most recruiters, that's the first thing they look at when someone applies for a job is their LinkedIn profile. So if you are not sure if your LinkedIn profile is substantial, ask someone. We do have a Career Center sponsor, and they're happy to help people look at their LinkedIn. Oh, so great. Yeah, they're actually based in your neck of the woods in Philadelphia, First Pro. So you'll be seeing some things coming out about that. But ask someone to look at your LinkedIn with you. Um, definitely review your resume. Take that time now that you have time to do some things like get your CWA or take a short course through DAA. It's only $49 to take a short course. Um, there's five different ones. The most popular one is A-B testing and optimization. <laughs> so if that's a six-hour commitment at the most, you take a test at the end of it. Um, and if you get a certain percentage right, you'll get a certificate as well as a digital badge to put on your uh, LinkedIn profile. Oh, very nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it seems like right now um, I'm actually leading a small group, uh, a cohort of people through uh, an online course I created. And what's interesting is they found that this was the right time to really start buckling down and shoring up those skills to stay. I, I, a couple of them made shifts in the job market, but also just started a job right away, literally when this happened. And they're mm. really trying to hit the ground running, improve themselves out of the gate, uh, because that can be a little tenuous, you know? 
Yeah, that would be a good way to do it is to take some of these courses. Another thing I would recommend, DAA has a self-assessment. It is for members only, but it is free for members. It's 15 minutes. You take it, and at the end of that, you'll get a report. And it says, DAA says, I'm competent in these areas, but I need help in these areas. Uh But more importantly, it maps it to resources. Mm -hmm. Some are inside DAA, some are outside Some are free, some have a small cost to them. But if it's an area where you're looking to see where could I beef up some of my skills that I might be deficient in, that's a really good way to do it. Mm. One of the things we just added to the self-assessment is soft skills. Employers were telling us this is where we are seeing some deficiencies. We see lots of people who know R and have their (laughs) certification, but they don't know a lot about communication skills, That's for right. example. So the soft skills are in the form of mini webinars. They're only 15 minutes. Mm. So those are all, again, free within the self-assessment. Oh, well, I'll have to check those out because yeah. communication obviously is somewhat of a passion of mine. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. I mean, even before all this happened, I saw Forrester project that in 2019, uh, 25% of job hires and promotions would be influenced by data story or, or driven by data storytelling skills. Wow. So people are, organizations are certainly craving a clear understanding. I think now more than ever, they are putting a big microscope on what's happening with the data because this is a time of survival, right? So what yep. are what are you seeing happening from the organizational side and and how is the DAA helping organizations navigate this too? Oh boy, that's a tough one because we have organizations in all different verticals and some of them like the hospitality vertical have been hit really yeah, really hard hit. So what we've done for some of them is um, offered deferred payment plans or installment plans, any way that we can help them. I hope the compensation study will be, and that should be done by definitely by the one conference. We should have all that compiled and ready to go. But I'm hoping that will be a place where everyone can benefit, not just individuals, but organizations as well. Um, we definitely have a great career center for them. Some of them are still hiring. Some of them are very busy, as right. you can imagine. <laughs> There's certain um, grocery stores. Toilet I mean. paper market. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, one of the things that we do for our corporate members, too, is we have a one-to-one matching program. So it's similar to the mentoring program, but we match them up with another senior level leader oh, to wow. talk confidentially about an issue. So we've had a couple of those relationships happen and people have told me this was like the something I never would have thought of, but has given me great value. Mm, um, wow. There's uh, an executive forum that our corporate members get together three times a year. And we were planning on doing it in person again in Chicago, but we'll figure out another way to do it. But where this group can talk about an issue that is important to them as a group and share the power of a collective minds coming together to talk about that. So we've done things like, what's the difference between a digital analyst and a data scientist? How do you build out your analytics team? If you're doing any pro bono work, how do you utilize your digital analytics team to best contribute to that? Mm -hmm. So all of those topics have come from the group themselves. Wow. It's amazing to see just how many 
different resources that you've created for both sides of this equation. I, I just had no idea some of these things, especially the matching program. That is so fascinating because leaders, I know, uh, with my next episode, I'm going to be speaking to someone who's focusing on helping leaders navigate Mm. and lead through this time. Um, you don't hear necessarily about that as much, but that must be, insanely challenging for them as well right now. I just, I can't even really. (laughs) Right. Leading a remote team, especially if you're used to all being in the office, it's a whole new set of new normals. And still being accountable to your own uh, management for, Mm -hmm. for production and for output and efficiency. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm seeing among leaders that I, I think was the case before, but is even more so now is burnout. Mm. We're even though we're working at home, we are working more hours. Yep, because we have, <laughs> and, and people are on call. At, I, I mean, I I'm guilty of it myself. I'll be sending emails at ten o'clock. Yep, I'm surprised at how many emails I get back at ten o'clock. So <laughs> you're like, go to bed. Well, I think <laughs> one of the things that we can do um, is matching up these leaders to have other folks say, it's okay to step away and take a break for yourself. So you have a good work-life balance. That's been, this COVID has really thrown a wrench into work-life balance. Yeah. It's amazing because there's no natural boundary anymore where, and I struggle with this just being a home entrepreneur, I normally, my days don't have a beginning and an end. So <laughs> I, I've had to work really hard to just shut the computer and walk away in order to create a source, a sense of a healthy boundary and also signal that to management and coworkers. I, when I was reading Nirayal's book, Indistractable, he talked about how the most stressful work environments that he or uh, that that were observed in a study all of them none of them had any healthy boundaries around communication in terms of when emails could be sent when they were expected to be received working through the weekend and as soon as more stringent boundaries were put in place employee satisfaction and productivity actually went up because Wow. It just felt so much more balanced. So if leaders are interested in understanding a little bit more about that, it's super relevant right now. I would suggest checking out that book for sure. Yeah. And it's called again, Indistractable by Nireal, who was actually, he actually came on the show a few months ago to talk about it. (laughs) Oh, he did. (laughs) So where do you think, you know, I love your positive energy and, and attitude. What do you think are going to be the benefits, the upsides that people will see coming out of this time period, whatever it looks like? Well, personally, I, I think they'll have a new appreciation for life itself, mm-hmm. particularly if you've had any family members that have been impacted by this. Sure. And I, I do think that more people are probably going to say, you know what, I probably can work at home, even part mm. of the time. So mm-hmm. I think our office spaces are going to look different. Um, and when you think about the people that are going to benefit from that, it's the future generations, the little the little people, your <laughs> son, my grandson, yeah. those are the folks that are going to benefit from having a parent who's more present, that they were not able to do that before. 
It's so true. There's something magical about when the day is done, you don't have to hop on an hour and a half train ride to a subway to, you know, the super commute that I used to do and literally just be there and be ready. I mean, I can't imagine that children all over the world aren't a little bit happier right now (laughs) that Mm -hmm. mom and dad are home all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, to your point, recognizing what a profound opportunity that is for presence and interaction. um, That's really important. And as far as being a digital analyst, your role is only going to rise Mm. because when you think about what your job is, it's not just to do the report. It's to provide insights to help your leadership team make good business decisions that are drive. they're, They're driven by data. And that is just going to become more and more important as finances are scrutinized. So use this opportunity to take what you've done and share it and provide those insights. Don't uh, one of the things that I think our industry has some issues with is being outgoing. Mm. We've found in chapter events we have to organize networking. People don't always want to do it on their own, but take this opportunity to really push yourself to be a little bit more outgoing and provide those insights. Say what you think. Don't mm. sit back and let someone else say it for you. Right. As an introvert myself, which might sound surprising, I can definitely <laughs> use more of that outwardness and, and, and be more vocal. And this, this really is the time. And it's true. If you're gaining the skills right now to learn how to tell stories powerfully and in a compelling way with your data, you're going to be on the A team right yep. now because this is what your organization desperately needs. So that is really good advice. And the other thing I would say is keep track of the things that you have suggested, recommended. And when they come to fruition, come back and remind people. Remember when I said that you should do this? (laughs) And now I notice that this happened because of what I've said. Right, right. Yeah, actually, that ties into uh, a piece of advice I'm writing in my book, uh, which is coming along around awesome. yeah around developing a personal case study a, i should say a professional mm-hmm. case study where there was an example that you found this data or someone asked you to do something and the outcome of the effort was a total win and when you presented it it landed so well and then that becomes your signature calling card you become the person that knocked down this abandonment rate or the person that supercharged the email response rates, then you become associated with that bit of success and it becomes something people will want more of that. So, yep. And anytime you can tie those successes to revenue mm-hmm. uh, or earnings in any way, you are even adding an extra oomph to your um your your abilities to be perceived as someone that's very important to the organization. That is so true, so challenging, but the closer and the harder people work on, you know, what would have happened, what would have been the cost if I hadn't done something? I've seen you present that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember you saying you you know you if if you don't if you're not able to quantify what your um, contribution did, 
what would have been the cost had we not done it? And that exactly. was that was a cosmic two by four for a lot of people in the audience. <laughs> I saw him writing that down. Ah. Oh, I appreciate that. It it actually leverages a psychological principle called loss aversion, where humans are more willing to do something to avoid losing something than they are to gain something. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So yeah. when you leverage that, not in a in a manipulative way or like a terrifying way, you don't want to tell them that, you know, we'll lose the business if we don't do this, you know. Hopefully it's not that drastic, um, but you can use it in a strategic way. Um, but but you're right. That's actually a great way to relate back to your own contribution. What would that have looked like if we yeah. hadn't done something? I love that. Well, for the last question, if you had one message for this amazing community mm-hmm. of practitioners and leaders, what would it be? Gosh, hang in there. Yeah, it's, it will get better. I, I mentioned my grandma at the beginning of this, who was 107. (laughs) And I think one time my son interviewed her for Reddit, they have something called Ask Me Anything. You ever heard of it? And you have to prove who you say you are. You're like, you can't go on and say, I'm Barack Obama, you have to prove it. (laughs) So um, she had more likes that day than Jimmy Kimmel, who was also on. And I have, when you read the transcript, uh, I mean, literally, I bawled about it because young people said, you've given me so much hope. You think about what she lived through. She was born in 1911. Wow. So she... When she was nine, her family dealt with the Spanish flu. She lost two mm-hmm. sisters to yeah. that. She lived through that World War One. She lived through World War Two, the Korean War, the Vietnam War. She lived through the Depression. I mean, so many things happened. And she still had this great positive outlook. And that's what I would tell people is hang mm. in there. You know, yeah. this we're going to get through this. We're going to come out stronger. Yeah. You know, it, it makes me think of this saying, this too shall pass, mm. where for a long time, I always invoked it to try to get through something challenging because it will always get better. But right. more recently, I've thought of life as more as a series of waves, where when you relax into the idea that this is going to suck for a while, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it will get better. But then something else will come along. Even the good times, those pass too. And it's sort of this way uh, where um, I think one of my favorite quotes was that you can't stop the waves from coming, but you can learn to surf. That is a great one. That yeah. is a great one. And I think my mentor told me something recently. She said, gosh, Marley, you have a lot of rocks in your backpack and you're climbing uphill because she knew all the things mm. that were happening in our industry and DAA yeah. and how we're trying to cope and adjust. And she said, it's okay to take some of those rocks out. You don't have to be responsible for everybody all mm. the time. That was great advice to me. I let a few things go that yeah. um, lightened the load. That is really beautiful. You do carry a lot, and Marilee, we've unfortunately run out of time, but I want to just let you know that I'm in awe of everything that you and the DAA is doing right now. Like, Thank there's, you. That there's, means a lot. There's so much passion and heart and generosity that comes through, mm-hmm. um, especially as a nonprofit. I'm sure, you know, the, or the association has been affected as well, and we have. I just, I'm just so grateful that you and the DAA exist. 
Thank you. That means a lot to me. I appreciate that. So where can people keep up with you if they want to get in touch? Um, they can follow me on Twitter at Marilee Yorchak or LinkedIn. I'd love to link in, especially to our members. I, I would love to say I know all 5,000 of our members, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love that. And um, follow us on the, the DAA blog. And um, consider becoming a member because then you really have access to all the discussions that are in the community. You hear what's going on and you, you get some extra perks by being a member. <laughs> exactly. It is. It's a very worthwhile membership. I've tried not to miss a single year. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Marilee. And uh, thank you for everything you're doing. And I'm wishing you all the best. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Thank you. All right. I hope that all of that was going to be helpful just in case you've been one of the many, many practitioners deeply affected by the hardship of 2020. My goal is always that this show provides as much value as possible to a practitioner community that I care about so deeply. So to catch all of the links, there were a lot of them, <laughs> to all of the resources that Marilee and the DAA are putting together for practitioners, please visit the show notes page at leahpeak.com slash 059. I would love if you could leave a comment, suggestions, or resources of other things we might be missing. Because we want everyone to feel as supported as possible during one of the most challenging years in our memory. And if you like what you've heard, hop on over to iTunes to subscribe, leave a rating and review. They are so appreciated. And I'll be reading out my favorite ones in future episodes. And I'll leave you with a little bit of today's presentation inspiration. This is one of my favorite Japanese proverbs. I have many. And this one in particular has really helped me through some tight spots, especially this year. And it goes like this. Fall down seven times. Get up eight. It's very simple, very powerful. My take is that this year has shown no lack of holes to fall down into, and sometimes it feels easy to want to give up. But as I've learned in cultivating my own resilience this year, it's been a big job. You don't lose any face for encountering hardships and even failing. All that matters is that you get up just one more time, then you fall. It's as my favorite online coaching expert says, uh, his name's Ryan Levesque. He says, you're not winning and losing. You're winning and learning. So that's it for today. Don't forget to take my new assessment at leahpika.com slash killer quiz and find out what's stopping you from getting the glory and recognition and rewards you deserve from presenting data impactfully. Get up that eighth time and go. Stay well, stay safe. Namaste. Namaste.